0: Namaskaram everyone hope you guys are doing good so I just wanted to do a pre-roll for this podcast because this is an awesome this is one with Ushaka who actually attended one of the first programs that is the first programs with Sadhguru in Mumbai. And uh, this one is really awesome guys. I really guys, I really want you guys to listen through the entire thing. Maybe it's in 10 minutes or how much of a time it takes for you guys. But do listen to it. There are a lot of awesome things that you can take from this. Akka was someone who used to suffer from an autoimmune disease called Crohn's. And how she did the Isha program. She talks a lot about how she even got to meet Sadhguru privately. And a uh, lot of super awesome things. She talks about her children how she took them to the ashram, uh, you know. This this one is awesome. I'm not going to go more into it. I want you guys to listen to it. So take care, guys. See you at the end. Namaskaram. Okay. Namaskaram, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have dear Ushaka with us. Ushaka did a program in 2000. So I think we have a very, very long story today. <laughs> so namaskaram, okay, and welcome to the podcast. Namaskaram. Thank you for joining well, uh,
1: Namaskaram, Namaskaram. Okay.
0: So, Akka, with your permission, we can go directly into the podcast, if that's okay.
1: Yes, Anna. Sure. So, before
0: 2000 also, we need to go way back, like, from your childhood, (laughs) if possible, like, if you could talk to us a bit about yourself. A lot of meditators would be really, really willing to listen to this. Like, Rohan Anna, send me your contact. Like, he said he wants to know your (laughs) story. So, please. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, Anna, basically, um, I was born and brought up in Delhi. And uh, nothing very remarkable about uh, my childhood, Anna. Uh, I was an <laughs> extremely studious uh, person, always into my books and uh, doing very well in studies, always first in class. Oh, <laughs> That is what uh, mostly life was about. And, uh, but basically, like, uh, I would uh, say, uh, the first remarkable thing is uh, the 10th standard board exams. (laughs) (laughs) So, even though I was a very good student, I would always get, you know, extremely stressed out about exams and uh, so it, like the board exams particularly they were like a complete terror for me and uh, uh, like i was quite a wreck actually after the exams and uh, the 10th standard exams happened i did of, of course very well then uh this thing uh how much
0: percentage how much percentage
1: I, I, I don't remember <laughs> but, now, but somewhere in the 90s oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, then, uh, then, uh, then af- after that, next was I took science in 11th and 12th and then was the 12th standard board exam. So what uh, the 10th standard board exam started, the 12th standard board exam finished.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, basically, Anna, uh, these two exams, uh, you know, and the related stress and everything, It uh, set off something in me, uh, which basically was a lifelong problem that I have lived with. So this is something called Crohn's disease. It is an autoimmune disorder and it is stress related. So for me, it all started with this exam stress of 10th standard and 12th standard board. So um, I did, of course, very well in my 12th standard board also. I got all some 97%, I think, PCM, something like that. And um, after that, uh, I was a science student. I wanted to take up engineering. I got admission into one engineering college, REC. That time there used to be RECs, Regional Engineering Colleges. So REC, Kurukshetra.
0: Kurukshetra, my dad studied over there. Really? (laughs) That's
1: why I'm like REC. (laughs)
0: I'm like,
1: (laughs) I was only there for all of one week, Anna. Oh, okay. okay. One uh, visit to the workshop and they gave me a hammer and they <laughs> said, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you have to you know, have a go with it. And yeah. then I ran away. I said, this is not for me. I cannot do this. I just ran away from there and uh, I came back to Delhi and I left science only. I went straight to commerce. And uh, so I got an admission into SRCC, Delhi University. There's uh, one of the good, uh, very good universities. Actually, it is, I think, one of the best universities for commerce uh, in the country. So I passed out uh, from there. So it was in the third year of college, Anna, that actually uh, I started falling ill. And uh, um So basically, uh, you know, this uh, Crohn's disease is something which affects the intestines. And uh, so then, you know, I, um, I used to keep, uh, I started, uh, uh, you know, I had loss of appetite, loss of weight and um, uh, fever. So all of these symptoms. Uh, So this was um, under 1994, the year uh, 1994. So uh, that time in, the, uh, in, the, in, this, in our country, autoimmune disorders were extremely rare. Okay, uh, Nobody had even heard of such things. Today, uh, the scenario is completely different. It is very common. Every other person has something or some of the other autoimmune disorder, but that time it was extremely rare. And so <laughs> the doctors that I went to, they never imagined I could have an autoimmune disorder. And the symptoms are very similar to tuberculosis. And uh, tuberculosis is one disease, actually, I was tested for tuberculosis. Test would always come out negative. Mm. But uh, they would say the test is such that that half the times, even if it is positive, it comes out as negative. So they said uh, that from your symptoms, it is looking like tuberculosis. So I took that full nine-month course of antibiotics for tuberculosis. And uh, it, with that, it subsided. My symptoms subsided, but they never went away completely. So, with all this, I completed uh, my college, and after that, um, I, um, I I wanted to do uh, management. So, uh, so you know, after uh, this thing, I uh, I was studying for my for those management entrance exams, and eat, my health was always uh, up and down, up and down. I remember even uh, like it sometimes uh, it used to go down so much that uh, I remember I was actually admitted in hospital. And um, I remember even sitting on a hospital bed and actually studying. Oh, uh,
0: (laughs) Indian kid, Okay, you're typically Indian kid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And um, then uh, uh, actually during that time, uh, uh, my sister-in-law is a doctor herself. And uh, she referred me to one doctor. Uh, like by that time, I had consulted so many doctors. Like all the doctors in Delhi had gone to Chandigarh. Nobody could find out anything wrong with me, you know. And uh, then this, uh, this uh, my sister-in-law, she uh, uh, told me about one doctor uh, in Hyderabad who had returned, who had studied in the UK and come. And uh, so in in the meantime, you know, uh, I was giving my this things also. I did, uh, uh, so I, you know, I was preparing for my MBA entrance exams also. So then I went and consulted this doctor in Hyderabad. And uh, he told me that, uh, he was the one who first told me that this is Crohn's disease. Because he was, you know, he was from the UK where this disease is common. And he was the one who told me, this is Crohn's disease. And he gave me, he started me on steroids. And it was, for, for me, it was like a miracle cure. Like, uh, you know, just like I popped that first uh, tablet or steroid from that itself, I started feeling better. You know? But the whole trouble was, after that, you know, I came back to Delhi. But fortunately, it was in this... Uh, little window that I had where I was on steroids and feeling okay that my uh, MBA entrance exams happened. So, you know, so I was able to do my MBA entrance exams, you know, in that little window because after I came back, again, I had to go back to my regular doctor at uh, Ames whom I was consulting in Delhi. He shot down the diagnosis and he said no. This is not Crohn's. Crohn's is very rare here. It is, you know, very, very unlikely that you have Crohn's or anything. Uh, and he put me back on tuberculosis medicines. Mm-hmm. This was the, you know, the, my second dose of tuberculosis medicines. So, so twice I have taken that full course mm-hmm. of anti-TP medicines. So, um, uh, so anyway, then, uh, you know, but I had that small window at least where I could give my exams properly. And so I did very, very well in those exams. And then I got calls from all the IIMs and everything. I uh, went uh, for all the interviews and I actually got through IIM Bangalore. And uh, after that, uh, um, I got a call from FMS in Delhi University also. And uh, actually, uh, by that time, I, I knew I had got through IIM Bangalore. And I was wondering whether, to, you know, it is a better university than better college and Faculty of Management Studies. I was wondering whether to go or not. But then I said, okay, let me go for the interview. So that was uh, one interview. I think I went almost uh, from the hospital bed, you know. So I went, I gave the interview and I got through FMS also. But later my health was so bad that, you know, I decided I don't want to go to Bangalore and all. I want to stay at home. And so I finally took up uh, FMS only. Delhi University that's where I started studying and uh, so FMS also you know it had uh, two parts like I had got into and I got admission into North Campus which is actually the you know the more uh, but it it was more uh, popular more famous one and everything but I left that also they had another uh, uh, branch in South Campus which was closer to my house I said I'm only going to do that actually Uh, Like I think uh, the first uh, semester, uh, most of it I did not attend or at least half of it I did not attend. I was not well. But uh, somehow, you know, I just uh, kind of sleepwalked through my MBA and I cleared it. And um, after that, uh, uh, you know, uh, you have these campus placements and everything. So then uh, I got uh, selected into Standard Chartered Bank. Oh. So I joined Standard Chartered Bank, and uh, there were almost that time, I think, 20, 25 uh, management graduates from all over that uh, had joined with me in that uh, batch. Uh, my husband also, I met him oh, there.
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. Another side story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, this. Uh, so then, uh, you know, so then uh, they uh, put us through one training session. We had a three month training session in Bombay. And uh, after that, uh, they said that they were going to select a few people and send them to London uh, for, for further training. So they selected six of us, you know, so I was one of those selected. So then I went uh, to London for uh, three months actually for further training in two lots of one and a half months each. So that was my first uh, trip abroad. Yeah. So uh, through all of this, you know, I was, my health was always up and down, up and down and always like, you know, I had that fear always at the back of my mind. When am I going to have a relapse? You know, know, what, what is going to happen on the health front? So through all of that, you know, with, with that always at the back, always up and down, up and down, I managed all this, you know, then uh, this, uh, this London uh, thing happened. Uh, it was like a wonderful experience. And after that, you know, I came back and uh, then uh, I joined work. I started working. And uh, I, I was never comfortable with the, you know, office stress, the corporate stress. I was never comfortable with it. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, all, so it I, I was still, I was working, uh, you know, falling ill very, very frequently, but still working, continuing. Then um, um, I was working uh, in Delhi uh, initially. After, uh, you know, one year of working, Again, I really had a bad relapse. And again, when I went back to that doctor, he said, again, he said, uh, uh, anti-tuberculosis medicines. This would have been my third course of anti-tuberculosis medicines. And I put my foot down. I said, nothing doing. I'm not taking more of this anti-tuberculosis medicines. And uh, I said, I'm taking a break from everything. I actually quit my job. And, uh, I said, I'm taking a break from everything and I'm going to try, you know, some homeopathy. So, you know, uh, uh, uh so this was when, 93 uh, uh, college, 95, 96, around 97, I think was when I quit my job and I said, I'm going to not try homeopathy. So I went to homeopathy and, uh, So actually the doctor, I homeopathic doctor I went to was later I found out one quack. Okay. Okay. But somehow, maybe it was the whole thing that you know, now I'm off the job, off any kind of stress. Maybe that helped more than anything else, but I felt his medicines worked. And you know, I actually got a little better. Then after that, When I, you know, I got a little better, but then later I really found out that this guy was actually a quack and he, I think he was arrested also or something of that sort. Then I, you know, had to come back to allopathy. And when I finally, when I went back to allopathy, that was the time when this doctor of mine accepted that I don't have tuberculosis because he said that, you know, okay, you know, you've uh, Gone if you've recovered even with homeopathy, and if you have uh, survived without the anti tuberculosis medicines, and if you're not dead by now, then I guess you don't have TB. You know, it was like after all of these years, uh, you know, he finally accepted. So, by the time you know this happened, uh, you know, uh, I had been on a break for a year. So, my this whole saga. You know, from the time I started falling ill to the time I was finally diagnosed, it was seven years. It was uh, another darkest uh, period of my life because it was seven years of just being constantly unwell and nobody being able to tell me really what is wrong with me, of uh, never knowing whether I'm ever going to get better, I'm ever going to like uh, have a normal life. Uh, it, you know, it is like just uh, unwell all the time, not able to eat anything, not able to do anything, so often like just bedridden, you know. And I never knew like, you know, whether I'm going to get well. Because nobody could tell me what is even wrong with me. Seven years like that, you know, it was like a really, really, really the darkest period of my life. It was, I think, somewhere Maybe grace was with me even then because uh, I, I think this kind of a period uh, can take many people may not even live through it, you know. And I did I did everything through it. I did all my studies and everything. It was like uh, I don't know if I can express it properly. The the hopelessness, the helplessness of that time. So. Um, so, anyway, so finally, like after he accepted you know that it was Crohn's, even then, you know, at least there was some treatment, but even then it was like you know there is no cure for it, so Crohn's is like a you know it is, uh, there is no cure for it, it is but no at cure? least no cure, there's, right? no cure. Okay. there's no cure for Crohn's, so but at least they could give me you know some medicines. You know, there is some treatment for the symptoms. There is symptomatic treatment, but there is no cure for it. So, it was still uh, like, a, you know, a life sentence only that anytime when you are under stress, you are going to have a relapse. Only thing is now at least we know what is wrong with you. and if you have a relapse, you know there are some medicines uh, so, which can at least uh, get you back on track. So, that was, uh, you know, uh, so after I got that diagnosis, then I again started, uh, I went back to work. This time I joined uh, ICICI. So they were, you know, starting uh, their own retail uh, venture at that time. It used to be called PFS. So I joined there. And uh, it was an extremely stressful place. And um, uh, so lots and lots of work, lots and lots of stress. And I had Crohn's. So that meant that every six months I was in the hospital because I would have a relapse. It was just that, uh, you know, I was fortunately a very good worker and so my bosses accommodated. They accepted because, uh, you know, every six months I would have such a bad relapse that I had to just drop everything, whatever it was, and just go into into a hospital, get admitted. So it was, was, you know, it was going on like that. Till uh, the year 2000, and uh, you know so um, so actually you know year 2000 was when i did the isha program and i did the first isha program that was conducted in bombay and uh, so this uh, actually the people who kind of you know brought isha to bombay they were friends of my brother and that's how they reached out to me and you know and uh, that time I was working in ICICI and uh, this was a, you know, program was like from 6 to 9 in the evenings, which meant I would have to get out of office at 5 o'clock. And, you know, I said that I, I told, uh, you know, uh, this friend that uh, in ICICI, if you get out, you know, at from office at 5 o'clock, they will ask you like, you know, are you taking a half day off? You know, uh, I and I... Uh, I I actually registered for the program. I really wanted to go for it. But I was in the middle of so much work and so many deadlines that I felt finally that I cannot do it. And I actually didn't even go on the first day. So, that day, (laughs) that time, the program used to be such that the first day was only an introductory talk. And the program actually started from the second day. And, uh, you know, so, That night, my friend called me and she said, why didn't you come? I said, look, I'm in the middle of too many things. I'm not going to be able to manage it. So, you know, I don't think I can come. She said, like, I don't care. She said, you go back after the program. You work till midnight if you have to. Okay, but you come for this program. And, you know, those were the words that, you know, really stuck with me. And that's how I actually landed up at this program. And, um, it, you know, for me, it was like, uh, just a kind of lifeline, you know, I, I just, uh, that program just made so much sense. His words just made so much sense. Uh, that, you know, I just clutched at it. And, uh, I was just, you know, I, I did the program. And, um, it was the first program in Mumbai. So there were no volunteers or anything. So all the volunteers were uh, Maas and Swamis from the Ashram. And uh, the, it was a seven-day program with Sadhguru. Oh, Sadhguru
0: so, was
1: there? Yes. Oh. Sadhguru, himself, yes <laughs> Sadhguru himself conducted the program. And there were only about hundred of us. There is this place called uh, Sasmira institute in Worli, So that is where it was conducted. It was like uh, seven beautiful evenings with Sadhguru. On the initiation day, Sadhguru actually sat with us and ate. And and, uh, uh, so uh, after that program ended, they told us that uh, in case any of you would like to have a private audience with Sadhguru, you know, there's anything that you wish to consult him about. So you can go and meet with him. So, I went. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> oh. You,
0: I, when I put this out, people will bother you with messages.
1: <laughs> so, the, so you know, so... Uh, you, but you see, Anna, I, I, I don't even have the S of spirituality in me. The only reason, you know, I went for the Isha program, was because lots of people had told me that you know uh, yoga will help you, you know because you have a stress-related disorder, yoga will help you. And I would have done any roadside yoga program. Uh, so I knew nothing about Sadhguru or Isha at that time. I would have done anything. It was just a grace that I landed up at Isha. So when I went to meet Sadhguru, also I had no very deep questions in my head. I had only one question. Which is uh, that, you know, Sadhguru, how do I get better? You know, about, it was, my question was only related to my health. So, I, so I went to meet him and, um, you know, so I, uh, so I told him about my health condition and uh, so he, he put his thumb to my forehead for a minute and um, Then he told me there is nothing wrong with you physically. Actually that statement came as a very, very big shock to me. Because uh, my everything was physical. My whole condition was physical. I used to lose weight. I used to like lose appetite. I used to land up in the hospital. So when he's telling me there is nothing wrong with me physically, so that obviously meant that it is a mental problem. You know, and, uh, and it meant that, you know, that I was doing this to myself. So it came as a very, very big shock to me. And, uh, then he told me that, you know, um, he told me to come for BSP. He said, you come for the BSP program. So that was <laughs> my first meeting with guru. <laughs> And, uh, so after that, uh, I went for the VSP program. Uh, actually I was quite ill even during the VSP program. And, um, I still remember there was, uh, like, you know, a very beautiful volunteer. I could, I could not eat anything. I was quite ill. I could not eat anything. So I used to tell her to make, uh, request her to make one simple poha for me. Like, you know, just, uh, a simple poha so she used to just make that just for me you know so and once uh, like you know so you know so that's how I I did my BSP program Um, and uh, after doing uh, my BSP program so one thing was I have stuck to the practice like uh, very very diligently I stuck to my practices so I did the BSP program, nothing, um, nothing much changed actually for me on my health front after, even after doing the BSP program, even after doing the practices. Um, so it was all like a fine, fine balance. Uh, you know, I, always I had to be watchful, always I had to be on my guard. Uh, I was worried about any, I was worried about everything. I had, you know, worried about eating out. Um, you know, so uh, so um, so that is that's how it was going on Um, in so in the in in, in the middle I got married, Uh, that also happened um, in the year 2000 only, so um, so all, all of this was going on, you know, so life was for me like constantly just being on the guard, being on the watch never carefree, never like, you know, always watching everything I'm eating, never eating out. It was very, very restricted lifestyle. And with that, uh, you know, with that, I was managing. Uh, And uh, after that, Anna, we decided uh, that, you know, to have a baby. Um, So that was now in the year, 2005. So it was uh, in the year 2005. Till then, it was going on. It was ups and downs, ups and downs. I was still falling ill, not landing up in the hospital, managing the condition with medicines and everything, but still ups and downs on the health front. So when we decided to have a baby, I was very worried that, you know, like when uh, I'm expecting that time, I should not have a relapse. I was very, very, very worried as to, you know, how it would impact the baby if I had a relapse at that time. And so then, uh, you know, when I found out that I was expecting, I I again quit my job. I said, I want to be at home and I want to make sure that, you know, this pregnancy goes off well. So I quit my job and uh, on the yoga front, I did everything that I knew, you know, to ensure so that this Would go off smoothly, so that time I had only done that time. Actually, in the initial program, Sadhguru used to teach Shakti Chalana Kriya, not uh, Shambhavi. Oh, is it okay? so so I had uh, actually my, my very first program actually was Shakti Chalana Kriya. Mm, okay. So I was doing uh, Shakti Chalana Kriya, then uh, I used to make sure that I was doing uh, uh, you know Sukha Kriya, I was doing Om Chanting, and uh there was this extremely powerful meditation called Chit Shakti meditation. No, actually it used to be called Kalpavriksha meditation. Now it is called Chit Shakti meditation. That time it used to be called Kalpavriksha meditation. So that meditation was, you know, how to use, uh, you know, the power of your mind to achieve your goals. So I used to do that meditation every single day with, you know, as much intensity as possible. And always in that meditation, like my short-term goal was always focused on my baby. You know, it was always that she should be healthy. It was, you know, to the extent of like, you know, if I had to go, to the extent of every ultrasound that I went for, you know, I imagined that it, it would be normal, she would be healthy. Everything was focused on her. And Um, at that time, I always wanted two children. So my midterm goal was, you know, focused on that, that I should have two children. That's how I imagined my family. And this meditation I did like every single day without fail, with complete intensity. And everything went fine during my pregnancy. Then when uh, I was about in my eighth, seventh month of pregnancy, that time my mother you know, she was an arthritic patient and she went through like a hip, uh, uh, knee replacement surgery. And she was, you know, actually it was, I think, a knee replacement surgery. And she was very, very worried about it. And she was very scared of going through it. So, that was the only time I removed, you know, my eyes from my baby and I shifted it to my mom during my meditation. That was the only time I, I you know, I uh, kept my short term goal focused on my mother that, you know, her operation should go off successfully and she should come out of it. That happened. She came out successfully out of her operation, but that was the time when everything went wrong with my pregnancy so that time when i went uh, you know that 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 time when i went to the doctor so after that uh, ultrasound he told me that uh, my baby had something called diaphragmatic hernia that means she had a hole in her diaphragm and all the stomach muscles had pulled up into the into the chest area and squashed her lungs and you know, it was very, very, it was a very, very severe condition. And uh, he actually told me that, you know, this baby is not going to survive. It was such a big shock to me. It was like in my seventh month or, of pregnancy. And uh, actually for a moment, we even considered aborting the pregnancy because, you know, they said, Uh, Because one thing was that, you know, we knew this one thing had gone wrong, but we didn't know what else could have gone wrong, you know, whether she would even otherwise be normal. But it was too late, too far gone to consider all that. So I had to go ahead, Uh, you know, I wrote to Sadhguru actually at that time and um, I said, Sadhguru, what do I do? So I got a reply. So, Sadhguru said, you come to the ashram. But then, uh, you know, by the time I got the reply, um, I was too far gone in the pregnancy and uh, I, I was not allowed to travel. So, I wrote back to him saying, Sadhguru, at this stage in my pregnancy, I cannot travel. So, then he gave me a mantra. And he said, you have to recite this mantra every waking moment. <laughs> I actually, I did that, Anna. Every waking moment I, of my life after that, I recited that mantra. So, anyway, so while I was, you know, consulting with Sadhguru, I was also just running from pillar to post, you know, consulting. Every doctor I could find, in, we were in Mumbai at that time. Every pediatrician in Mumbai, I must have consulted, everyone, but everyone told me the same thing, that her condition is too severe and she will not make it. And, uh, you know, we, we were considering whether we could go abroad for treatment, but we didn't have the means for that. And uh, somewhere, again, actually, my sister-in-law, she told me uh, about one doctor in Hyderabad. And uh, in, in Bangalore, sorry. And she said uh, that, you know, you consult him because uh, uh, he's a very good doctor and he has handled cases of this sort. So I spoke to that doctor and he was the only doctor who gave us some hope and who said that, you know, I have handled cases of this sort and 80% of the cases I have handled have survived. So, you know, So he, so, uh, so he said, you come to Bangalore for the delivery. So, uh, Anna, I was based in Mumbai Mm -hmm. and in the middle of my pregnancy, you know, at such an advanced stage of my pregnancy, I had to shift to Bangalore. I have no base in Bangalore. I have no family in Bangalore. I didn't know from where to start. You know, first of all, I needed a house. Like, you know, who gives you, who will give you a house on rent for like three months, you know? And the way things fell in place for me, Anna, it was like like, Sadhguru's grace. So out of the blue, my father, you know, found that he had a friend in Bangalore who had a fully furnished flat, which was vacant. And, you know, he said that uh, you can just have it, you know, you can take it and use it because anyway, it's furnished and it's vacant and I'm not using it. And uh, it was, you know, close enough to the hospital also because Bangalore has very bad traffic. I needed something close to the hospital also. And then my parents, you know, my mother had recovered by then. So my parents said that, you know, we will come and we will be with you, you know. So that's how, like, you know, every problem just got sorted. And then, so I, I went to Bangalore for the pregnancy. And this doctor was, uh, you know, just a complete godsend. You know, the the way they, uh, like, right after my baby was born, she needed an operation. And she was in the ICU for three weeks. So that whole time, Anna, like, you know, my only thing, my only job was, I used to sit in the ICU next to her and do, chant this mantra that Sadhguru had given me. And uh, it was that mantra which pulled her out because at every stage she needed energy. As soon as she was born, she was on the ventilator. From the ventilator, you know, she had to come out, then she was on oxygen. After that, you know, she had to come out because she had only one lung. The other lung was completely gone so that one lung you know with that one lung she had to survive so initially she was it was completely machine it was ventilation then she came on oxygen and uh, when you know when she was and at any stage it was like a period at any stage it could have stopped you know like she could have needed ventilator all her life she could have needed oxygen all her life you know, we didn't know at what stage, till what stage she would be able to pull through. But she pulled right out of it, Anna. She, she just pulled right through. And uh, after three weeks, you know, in the ICU, she was normal and she was discharged. And I brought her home. So it was that day, Anna, like when I brought her home, that was the day I thought to myself that my life is going to be dedicated to Sadhguru you know because i knew it was his grace which had like you know just seen through this whole period like like you know anna um, uh, i had no time to you know after fine after that ultrasound you know and i found out what problem was there i had no time to grieve like you know i was just always just you know looking what is to be done now going to this doctor that doctor going to every doctor in mumbai you know, trying to see whether I could, I mean, it was like, you know, it was, I was just on it, like, you know. Um, so, <laughs> Anna, you know the funniest thing? My baby was born on July 28th, 2005. And July 28, 2005 was when Mumbai had its worst floods, oh, okay. the worst floods in its history. So if I had been in Mumbai at that time, I would not even have made it to a hospital. But, you know, I was taken away from Mumbai. I was in Bangalore at that time, you know. So, uh, you know, so, uh, so, so, you know, after, uh, so my, my baby, so I, I, after, you know, after that, we came back to Mumbai, we came back to our house in Mumbai. And, uh, so when she was about three months old, Uh, Bhartima you know she actually came to stay with me Uh, so she stayed with me for a few days and uh, so Sadhguru had come for a program and uh, so Bhartima stayed with me for a few days and uh, then uh, after the program was over she told me that uh, I have arranged a meeting for you with Sadhguru <laughs> <laughs> so, at that meeting, Anna, I uh, I could take my baby also. So, you know, that was my second meeting with Sadhguru. So, you know, both of us we met with Sadhguru for uh, he was staying at one meditator's house. So we went and we met him for a few minutes, and uh, I told him about my baby. And uh, so he, uh, he looked at her and then he asked me, what do the doctors say about her? So I said, uh, Sadhguru, the doctors say that, you know, she will be fine. She's never going to be an athlete, but she will be fine. She will be leading a normal life. So I think Sadhguru was not satisfied. So he told me, you, you bring her to the ashram. And you come when I'm there. So then uh, I said, definitely Sadhguru. And I asked him, so Sadhguru, when will you be there at the ashram? So he told me to come in December. So in December, I went to the ashram with my baby. She was, I think, some five or six months old at that time. And uh, I went, I uh, (laughs) I had to carry so many things with me. I I still remember, I actually even took her bathtub along. You know, I took her bathtub, I took like, you know, anyway. With a six-month-old baby, I went to the ashram. And uh, I actually, you know, Sadhguru had told me, you come when I am there. And uh, when I went to the ashram, but nobody was willing to listen to me. Nobody was willing to listen that, you know, Sadhguru had told me to come. But, uh,
0: f- but okay, you got muted, I think. Yeah. Voice, I think somehow you oh, got, yeah, muted. Now. yeah, yeah, now it can. Now it can yeah. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: finally, just before I was to leave, uh, you know, two days before I was to leave, I finally got an audience with him. Okay, so, uh, so the, the bra the brahmachari uh, the the ma who was letting me in, she said that uh, when she finally told Sadhguru that I was here, it seems Sadhguru told her. Ma, why didn't you tell me earlier? So, oh okay. so, Anna You I just met... got cut.
0: You just got cut, like Ma was saying oh, something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. So, basically, Anna, so, you know, uh, like I was at the ashram, nobody was willing to understand that, I know, Sadhguru has called me and I am supposed to meet him. So, I never got an appointment with him. Only like two days before I was to leave, that finally I got an appointment with him. So, uh, Anna, so, he he, he saw me and the baby, you know. Actually, he saw us for... uh, three days, continuously. And uh, he, sang, he did some process with her. And uh, so at the end of it, Anna, I asked him, how should I bring her up? So, he told me that, you know, you just follow her because she is anyway going to come to me. <laughs> <laughs> actually you know the, the before that when I had met him in Bombay with her that time uh, he told me that uh, you give her to me he told me I was still a good <laughs> meditator at that time okay. and uh, I was a little shocked when he said that <laughs> <laughs> and then he said Okay, if you can't give her to me, you also come. And at that time, I used to take everything he said literally. So when he said, you also come, I thought he was actually telling me to come to the ashram. So after that meeting, I have to go. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, Anna, I'm so sorry, but I have to go now.
0: No, no, it's good. We'll stop it like this. it will keep the audience for more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I'll call you back Anna after uh, my talk is over. Okay, yeah? okay, no, okay Anna. Mm-hmm. thank you. Thanks, Anna.
0: Okay, namaskaram, everyone. So, we are continuing with the podcast. Saka, where did we leave off yesterday? Like, I think <laughs> you met Sadhguru, Sadhguru did a process with your daughter, and yes, son,
1: yes. Like,
0: you just follow yes. her. That's what yeah. I remember.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I was telling you that. Um, so when I uh, had met him in Bombay, uh, you know, before I came to the ashram, and I had met him in Bombay. So you know that time, one of the things he had said was, you know, uh, about uh, my baby. He said, "Just give her to me." And uh, like you know, I I was still a new meditator at that time, and I was very really shocked to hear this. And then he saw it. He saw the shock on my face, and then he said, he started laughing. He said. Okay, if you can't do that, then you also come. And, you know, I took that also literally, like, you know. And uh, actually, after that meeting, I wrote a letter to Sadhguru. You know, I wrote a long and very panicky letter. And I said, uh, you know, Sadhguru, uh, like, I was so, like, I said that, you know, I will do whatever you tell me to do, I can do. But I cannot leave and come, like, I have a family, I'm married, I cannot leave and come to the ashram, like, that's what I thought he meant when he said, you also come. So so when I met him in the ashram, uh, you know, so actually, uh, you know, after I had sent that letters, one of the meditators had uh, told me that uh, she was there when Sadhguru read the letter and she said, he read it and he he started laughing. <laughs> and uh, so when I met him in the ashram, he actually referred uh, to that. And he said that, you know, what made you think that uh, I wanted you to come to the ashram? He said, I know your situation. I know you can't come right now. That's not what I meant. (laughs) So, so then I asked him, Sadhguru, how should I bring her up? How should I bring my daughter up? So, he said, you just follow her because she is anyway going to come to me. So, so actually, Mm. After she was born, uh, uh, also I was never involved in, uh, I was never very actively involved in volunteering. I used to do a little bit like, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I used to host uh, teachers at home and sometimes I would make a few calls, but I was never um, actively involved in anything. And uh, one day suddenly actually it was, uh, you know, I, I just i just in my, in my in a dream i thought you know i imagined uh, this was when my baby must have been like about a year or less than a year actually huh? uh you know or or maybe maybe a little more than that you know i just, just imagined myself that uh, you know i am uh, sitting in a you know where initiation is happening and uh, uh, you know where uh, we do like all the cutting and chopping and everything, and uh, and my I, and I actually have her, my baby, with me next to me. So you know, I'm I'm sitting with her and I'm doing some volunteering, and um, and uh, you know, and then I started thinking, yeah, this is possible for me because I was like, I really wanted to give back, you know, but uh, I was too just too busy with her all the time, and you know, she was so small, I was very caught up with her. So, but I thought this is possible for me. I can take her and go and do something. And actually, you know, just within a few weeks of that, they decided to open up a center, which was, you know, pretty much in my backyard. It was literally like, you know, just 10 minutes from my home. And uh, so they decided to open up a center there. And I remember the first uh, Inner Engineering program that happened uh, in that center. I did everything for that program. Like, you know, uh, in the sense, uh, the teacher was staying with me. Uh, you know, uh, if you know the format of uh, the Inner Engineering programs, you know, the, I, I prepared the Kanji for that program. I bought all the vegetables. I washed all the vegetables. I washed all the bites. Uh, you know every everything for that program like i did you know and uh, i was able to manage because it was like you know just so close to my house so you know uh, so that's kind of how then i that's how my like really my volunteering journey started and uh, uh, then later uh, once when mark kashyapi was staying with me Uh, Then uh, she, uh, you know, she asked me if I wanted to take up, like, you know, wanted to become, look at becoming a volunteer coordinator. Uh, So, you know, so then, uh, then I started doing that. And Anna, so the thing is, uh, (laughs) the people with whom, uh, you know, I started, the very first people I encountered when I started volunteering, uh, they were all uh, extremely <laughs> even though they were coordinators and they were Isha meditators but they were all extremely short tempered <laughs> and uh, <laughs> extremely short tempered and you know that those kind of people and it was actually for me very stressful you know volunteering with uh, with that that lot of people And uh, so, uh, so I I got to a point where I was volunteering very intensely. Like you know, um, uh, like whenever a class would happen, and classes would happen almost uh, every month and a half or two months. Whenever class would happen, I would go sit through the whole class. You know, I was the volunteer coordinator, which meant arranging volunteers for everything. uh, You know, whenever they are needed during the class, then or the entire Sunday back end, I used to manage arranging all the materials, all the volunteers, everything. So uh, then nurturing the participants after the class was over. So, you know, uh, I was, uh, it was very, very, it was very, very intense and also very stressful because of this group of people who were there, <laughs> but uh, it bought, you know, um, you know, after after like few years of doing this, probably after four, five years of doing this, but uh, at one point it got to a point, it was so stressful that I actually had one of my relapses. Uh, so, um, and uh, that was the time when I was expecting my second child. And I got very, very scared because, you know, I was expecting my child and, uh, you know, I I was having like a, Uh, I I was on the verge of having a relapse, so I completely stepped back, like I completely stepped back from all volunteering, you know, and uh, so, uh, so after that happened, you know, um, and uh, after that once, you know, um, once again, I got a chance to meet with Sadhguru for just a few minutes. So, this, he was in Bombay and, uh, uh, you know, he was driving from one place to another. So, I got a chance to just be with him, you know, accompany him on that drive just for a very few minutes. So, so, you know, when, when I, I went to him, I was still full of these things only that, you know, uh, I I have just had a relapse and, you know, all I wanted to know was how can I how can I handle myself? Like, you know, how can I continue to do what I want to do without, uh, without uh, you know, without this, uh, without falling back, without having a relapse? So that was all that was there in my mind. So when I m- met him, no, the first thing, like the only thing I could think of asking him is that, Sadhguru, is there any way I can be fixed? And he shouted at me. (laughs) He said, (laughs) he said, I am not here to fix people. I am here to liberate people. And that was it. I didn't know what to say after that. You know, I I didn't even open my mouth after that for for for, quite some time. Then you know he asked me. He said, uh, he said, are you ready to take the next step? So, um, I, uh, I didn't know what he was talking about. So, I just said, yes, Sadhguru. And then I just asked him this. I said, Sadhguru, like, uh, whenever I try to, you know, become uh, involved with something and become uh, intense. He said, you know, I said that, you know, uh, I keep cracking up. Like, what do I do about this? So he told me you just give your mind to me so I said uh, (laughs) I said Sadhguru what does that mean how do I do that so he didn't say anything he just repeated just give your mind to me and that was where you know that conversation ended and actually Anna I came out of that meeting very very frustrated (laughs) because (laughs) I was looking for something, I was looking that, you know, he would give me some mantra, some practice, something I could do to, you know, uh, to, to solve this problem once and for all that, you know, I, I get out of this mold of constantly having relapses every time I try and do something. So and all, all he said was, uh, just give your mind to me, which I didn't even understand what that meant. <laughs> but. The thing is, when I look back, no Anna, after that meeting, I have almost never fallen ill. <laughs> he just took it away. I I didn't understand. I didn't even thank him in my head. I wasn't even grateful to him. I just came away from that meeting like frustrated. But he just took it away. Just took the whole thing away. Like, you know, after that, I have almost never fallen ill. You know? so um that's that's pretty much what there is to my story anna it's like uh, like I, you know i just spent a few lines uh, on guru purnima like i just said that you know like uh, everything i have that is worth having is because of you everything i know that is worth knowing is because of you this breath and this being forever will be an offering at your lotus feet. So, so Anna, it's, so it's like, uh, actually even later, even with my son, I have seen uh, how his grace has worked. Actually, you know, with my son also, I didn't even realize when and how he happened because after all these complications I had with my, uh, with my elder child, I never even wanted a second child, you know, though I did initially, but after all this, I didn't even want. So I don't even know how he happened. And actually, uh, he was in my womb when I went uh, for the uh, Lingabhairavi temple consecration. Oh, okay. And uh, I didn't even know it. If, uh, if I had known maybe I would not have even gone for the consecration because there were like 5,000 people there. And if I had known that I was expecting, I might not even have gone. So I didn't even know, but he was there in my womb. And uh, so I still remember like some some of the very intense processes were happening. You know, there was, I was making a kind of a sound, a kind of a, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize what it was then, but later, later when I looked back, I thought it, it was really almost like a baby's cry. You know, that that sound that I was making, it was almost like a baby's cry. So, you know, this boy, he has experienced consecration. Like right in my womb, he has experienced consecration. So, um, uh, and even with him, you know, I feel Sadhguru's grace is there so much with him because, uh, you know, once uh, this happened a couple of years back, uh, he, uh, uh, he, he, was, he, was, he was unwell and he was having some kind of uh, stomach pain. And uh, I have uh, the Devi Yantra at my house and it was around Purnima time. So I had actually invited many people uh, to experience the Devi process. And uh, uh, I was busy with those preparations and I was actually not paying so much attention to him, but he was unwell and he had some kind of stomach ache and we thought, you know, it was just some gastroenteritis or whatever and you know, I was not, uh, he didn't even seem to be in too much pain or anything. But after, uh, you know, it just continued uh, beyond uh, two, three days, then his doctor said, you better get him to the hospital. Let me take a look. And when I took him to the hospital, then that doctor said that uh, get an ultrasound done. So, I was a little worried, but then I said, okay, I went, I took him, I got an ultrasound done. And then the doctor said, he has appendicitis, he needs immediate surgery. And, you know, that day itself, he had to be operated. And it was in in such a state that, you know, if it had been one more day, that appendix could actually have burst. And uh, it could have been like, you know, a a very, very critical situation. And this boy gave me no indication. Usually appendicitis is a very painful condition. Like, you cannot miss it. You know, the the person, like people with appendicitis are just crying out in pain. Uh, You cannot miss it. But this boy, he has a very huge tolerance for pain or whatever. Never gave me any indication that he was so, so unwell and uh, you know uh, it was just grace that just in time it was caught and he was you know operated and uh, uh, that was that was his first first brush with something serious then another time um, when he was coming back from school so usually my uh, maid goes to to pick him up from uh, the bus stop and get him home because the, the bus stops at a place which is like slightly uh, like further away from our house almost uh, it is all, almost like a 7-8 minute walk and you have to cross the road and everything so my maid goes to pick him up so one day when she was getting him back uh, this boy is very, my boy is very sensitive to bad smells and everything so there was some garbage or something on the road So, he didn't want to walk on that side of the road. So, he he just jerked, you know, himself and dashed across the road to go to the other side of the road. And there was a car coming from that side. There was a head-on collision, Nanna. Or I think it was like he hit the side of the car or something like that. But there was a where there was a full-blown collision because this guy was running full tilt and the car was coming full tilt. And there was a collision. But there was not even one scratch on him. Not one scratch, not one broken bone, nothing. So, you know, there are, there are so many such incidents where I feel that, you know, His grace is like just take, keeping an eye on us. Like, you know, He's just there so um that's really that's really all anna to my story <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank, thank you so much akka like i don't have anything much more to ask but uh, where, where would the like listeners would like would love to email you or something like that so is there somewhere they can sorry
1: send, sorry anna the, the listeners would the, the
0: listeners might sorry. want to email you or send you a message so is there some place where they can yes anna i will be I will
1: be more than happy Anna and I'm like so actually grateful to you for you know giving me this opportunity to share because uh, you know like uh, this uh, autoimmune disorder that I had it is uh, very common nowadays and uh, it often hits people when they are young when they are still in college or it is very common that it hits at that age and it is uh, it often comes as a very big shock like almost like a death sentence because it is something for which there is no cure. And it is like, it can hugely, hugely restrict your lifestyle, you know. So I know like so many people with this condition who are living like, you know, very restricted lifestyles and uh, often uh, unwell, often in pain, often, so, you know, to know that there is a way out, that, you know, there is some way out, that there is some some way because this, this problem originates in the head, you know. So, to know that there is some way of reaching there and fixing it, you know, I, I think, like, you know, I, I hope it can be like, you know, a message of hope for other people who are, who are in this condition. So, that's really why I wanted to do this, Anna. So, I'm very, very grateful to you.
0: <laughs> so, Akai, okay, your email ID, can I link it in the description? If you, if yes,
1: Anna, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. It's uh, at gmail.com.
0: Oh, Ishausha gmail.com. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's been a great pleasure for me. Thank you so much.
1: Anna, thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Awesome guys hope you enjoyed the podcast so do reach out to ushaka at her gmail id as mentioned and if you love the podcast please do leave a written review on apple podcast like you can leave a one star two star or whatever genuine rating you feel but I would really love a written review from you guys it would really mean the world to me and if you're listening to this on any other platforms like spotify google podcast don't forget to follow me so that's it guys I will
1: see you from the next podcast. Namaskar.